Hello. Normally, we start the show with an outtake of that day's recording. For our regular listeners, there will be some of those later, but we both wanted to say something at the beginning of this show. When we started this podcast, Larissa and I, it just seemed like a fun, goofy hobby we could both do. One of the unexpected side effects of this, however, is that throughout this, we've met some incredible people, some genuinely brilliant and wonderful people who have become friends to the point where some of those people no longer feel like friends but family the oldest person probably to ever listen to this podcast was a lady named Muriel who was introduced to it by her granddaughter and our close friend Mary so we were deeply saddened this past week to learn that Muriel had passed away As such, our thoughts and all our love go out to Mary and her mother, Nia, and we'd like to dedicate this episode to the wonderful and beautiful soul that is Edith Muriel Hutt, a.k.a. Granny. Thank you for listening. Hello. You're listening to Brazil Nuts, an insane journey through the world of Brazilian politics, with your host, Larissa Peixota, political scientist, and Gareth Davis, the man who told Ella Cool J, sure, acting's easy, why not give it a bash? Coming up on this episode, we talk about Kim Kardashian's feet, flat earthers, and new financing laws in Brazil for campaigns and stuff, make it more equal, which is good, it's a good thing. Please remember to rate and review us wherever you rate and review things. Maybe you've bought a boomerang on eBay, and you're going to leave feedback, and you're like, Hey, eBay seller, I I don't know why I bought a boomerang. It's the most impulse purchase of impulse purchase, really. I've no earthly reason to own a boomerang at all. Doesn't even really go with the style of my house. I can't really call it decorative, but thank you for sending me this unique item. While I'm here, why not? Let me repay this back to you by saying you should listen to Brazil Nuts. It's a podcast. You'll probably like it. Possibly. Okay, bye. What's your milkshake made out of? What's my milkshake made out of? Yeah, is it strawberry? Because you're ginger. Why would wait? Why would my why would my milkshake be made out of strawberry? Because I'm ginger. Because well, it's red. No, stro- uh, right. For a start, strawberry milkshakes are pink. They're not red. Secondly, because it's made with strawberry yogurt ice cream, not actual strawberries or strawberry ice cream. Strawberry ice cream is just strawberry yogurt. It's just it's not actual strawberries. Okay, right. So there's there's two points we need to bring up here. First, the word is yogurt. Secondly. <laughs> Secondly, why wouldn't you go for an orange milkshake rather than a rather than, you don't really get orange milkshakes though, do you? No, thinking about it, there are no orange milkshakes. That's weird, and also possibly a hole in the market. Uh, no, you don't really have citrus milkshakes. That's the reason why all the boys come to my yard. It's because <laughs> I'm offering unique flavors like an orange milkshake, fellas. Get that down oh, here. Oh, 
My God. Well. Today, Gareth is also in a very good mood because I have a microphone, so he's particularly cheery. Yes! Yes! Finally! <laughs> Thank God! <laughs> I mean, up until this point, we should probably explain that you have been recording this with a tin can and a piece of string tied to your computer. <laughs> My computer has a great microphone, and it's so great that it picks up all the sounds, including its own humming mm -hmm. and the birds and that the apparently cars. live live like six blocks away and yet still somehow it picks up all the birds no, they're right they're right here there are birds around and see that's the thing though last time i said why can't you just go out and chew the birds away you were like well i can't they're up in a tree because they're five miles over there no they are in the tree in front of my window how can i chew them The tree is tall. Okay. I just don't think you're as committed. You're as committed as I am to making this a profesh operation. I'm not at all. I'm really not. I feel no. like our lo-fi cred is awesome. Speaking about online content, did you see the thing about Kim Kardashian this week? Oh, God, no. <laughs> of course I didn't. Well... Well, unfortunately, I happened to open up a newspaper, and uh, and it was it took up like about six or seven pages. But she filmed <laughs> her own feet and then posted them on social media. Why? Well, because there's a conspiracy theory doing the rounds on the internet mm -hmm. that she actually has six toes rather than five. Why? Why would she have six toes? Rather, I, because she's a, a far more evolved human being than the rest of us. Why is there a conspiracy theory on how many toes Kim Kardashian has? Well, that I can't answer the question to. I don't know how. I don't know why conspiracy theories happen. Why does anyone care? Well, because now that it's all gone quiet on the flat Earth front for a bit. <laughs> I love that story. I love it so much. That made me so happy. You know that the conspiracy that Avril Lavigne is dead and was replaced by a lookalike was actually started by a Brazilian person. I thought for a moment that you could. I I I've never heard of that conspiracy theory before. That Avril Lavigne was had died and was replaced by another Avril Lavigne. Really? That's new to me. Yeah, no, that's completely new to me. I didn't know that. No, you should Google that. There are, you know explanations for it right like her music changed it, it, it looks like she, she's slightly different in her lips and her whatever and all of that and apparently she died at the height of her career so they didn't want to lose money like producers and recording companies so they replaced her with the lookalike that was used like when she was coming in and out of hotels and stuff like that okay My question is, though, and this may sound harsh, but hear me out. <laughs> If Avril Lavigne is no longer around, who cares enough to replace her with another Avril Lavigne? Well, apparently, because it was the height of her career, and there was still a lot of money to make off of her, that's why they did that. <laughs> you think that there's some record executive somewhere just going, Oh, blimey, Charlie, we've lost a lover one. <laughs> First, we had to deal with Paul McCartney dying halfway through, 1965, and now, now we've got to find ourselves another bloody Avril Lavigne. Yeah, 
Yeah, like they couldn't find another petite blonde girl to pretend she was punk. Exactly. There's not enough of those around, honestly. <laughs> really. Oh, God. This is like Milli Vanilli all over again. <laughs> so the the story about the Flat Earthers, there was a man and a woman from Venice who attempted to set sail to... I'm going to butcher this pronunciation, but it's Lampe, Lampe, Lampedusa? No, no, not Lap. They're not trying to sail to Lapland. Why would you try and sail to Lapland? That would be... I don't know. They're, they're flat earthers. They're dumb. Yeah, but if you're a flat earther, if you try and sail to Lapland from Italy, it means you're going to fall off the edge of the earth. I don't know this dumb shit. Okay. All right. Depending on which map you believe. You know, there's no unified theory. Right, this is how nonsense flat Earth is as a theory, right? Okay, there is no distinct unified theory that if the Earth is flat, what it looks like. There isn't one. I know. Have you it's seen so the meme of a cat just, you know, on the flat Earth pushing stuff off of it? Like no. a giant cat just pushing stuff off of the flat Earth. And I'm like, yeah, that's what would happen. That's why it doesn't work. Yeah, so there was a man and a woman, both from Venice, who attempted to set sail to Lampedusa. It's an island between Sicily and North Africa, right? Okay. And their entire plan was to prove that the Earth was flat, because theoretically, according to whatever actual map they were going from, which again is not a unified theory with other flat Earthers, this is why it makes no sense, but... <laughs> but... According to that, it would mean that they would actually hit the edge of the Earth and therefore, you know, they would go, ha ha, look, see? See? Earth's flat. And, yeah. um. We're falling off of it now. What did they think they, what did they think they were gonna find? Which map did they believe in? The one with the ice I wall? Don't, I don't know. It doesn't go, it doesn't go that, that deep into it, too. It's honestly this, this news article that I'm reading for the first time now. <laughs> so, anyway, they didn't actually get anywhere near. Uh, Lampedusa. Of course not. Uh, they got lost. They only got as far as Eustica, or Ustica, or Eustica, depending on if you're pronouncing this in English, Portuguese, or Welsh. <laughs> or, you know, Italian. <laughs> they only got so far as Ustica, <laughs> which is an island off Sicily's northwest coast. So they thought that the edge, they thought that the edge of the earth was off the coast of Italy? Sure, why not? I'm on the edge of Italy. It's that, like, there's a song that goes like that, remember? Okay. <laughs> no. Okay. Okay, so they didn't get to Lampedusa. They got lost. Mm-hmm. They got lost, so they got rescued by the Coast Guard, dragged back in, and then they had to quarantine for two weeks, or at least they were ordered to quarantine for two weeks. They escaped quarantine and were caught trying to get back to their boat so that they could sail off again. Oh, so they, they still don't believe that the Earth is a globe? No, you can't, com you can't convince these people. Even though they were using a compass to try and navigate to their chosen destination, which theoretically, if the Earth is flat, then compasses don't work. Yep, because there are no poles, magnetic or otherwise. Yeah, exactly. You know? Which is why you can't get to Lapland in your yeah. boat. Yeah. And Santa doesn't exist, probably. I don't know what happens with Santa at this point. You do know that Santa Earther. doesn't exist, period, right? Sorry, what? <laughs> what do you mean? 
<laughs> Actually, Santa's a woman. Do you know why? Do you know why Santa wears red? Why does Santa wear? This isn't a joke. I'm not setting you up for a joke. I promise you. Do you, do you not know why Santa wears red? I guess I don't. Okay, so traditionally, the the colors of Santa used to be green until、yeah. a specific company came along and released a Christmas advert that became so popular that it it actually became synonymous with the way that Santa looks, including the white beard and the and the the red and white. Yeah, guess which company that was? Coca Cola. It was Coca Cola. I had no idea. Yep, indeed, that was in like the nineteen. 19- I want to say 1920s. I'm probably wrong. No, it, it feels very typical of the time. The imagery. 1930s. It was that this happened. See, that's close enough. So they they would、uh, they were the first people to really kind of you know dress Father Christmas all up in red and black yeah, and white, I mean, and that just it just stuck. And then now everybody those are their colors. Exactly. Absolutely. So it's the greatest piece of branding. In marketing in history, yeah, yeah, and now you know people take Santa and put him in different ethnicities, and people are go, oh, but Santa white, no Santa marketing campaign. <laughs>、mm, indeed, absolutely. I mean, if you take it as read that Santa is in fact the embodied spirit of Saint Nicholas, then you know the dude was from Turkey, so it's yeah. Yeah. Anyway, this is actually a Brazilian politics podcast. Believe it or not. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying this is interesting stuff. Anyway, yes. The point is, is that the Earth is not flat, and of course it isn't. If you believe the Earth is flat, this is not the podcast for you. But Santa is very real. Okay. Oh jeez. Aha.、Uh-huh. Anyway, what are we now that you've done your nails? What are we talking about today? Just a little bit. Okay. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so glad that we started this podcast, and you were so you were so enraptured with what we were talking about that you decided to do your nails at the same time. I I physically can't do one thing at a time, and since you won't let me click on things, that yes, that makes exactly. Noise. So I decided to do my nails, which I haven't done in years. Do you know what I'm going to do now? Do you know what's going to happen guess- though? <laughs> Why? What what's gonna happen is that I'm gonna go back and listen to the tape, and all I'm gonna hear is the sound, the very loud sound of the brush. I doubt it. I、yeah. doubt it. You yeah, lie. Just... <laughs> <laughs> no,、like、because、that. I'm a I'm a very dainty manicurist. Anyway, today we are talking about new financing rules for campaigning in Brazil. So this is kind of a breaking. Yes, this is a breaking nuts episode because we just changed the rules. Boom! Oh, cool,、yeah. excellent. Okay, I didn't know we were talking about this today, though. What did you think we we're going to talk about? Well, because I asked you, and you said, "Well, we could do this, and we could do this, and we could do this," and this was one of the options. But、yeah. I had a feeling that you were leaning heavily towards doing something else, and then we we come back to this. So this is cool. This is good. This is going to be interesting. Yeah. And unexpected, exciting. Yeah, it is exciting, and it was also one of the easiest for me to research. I see. Okay, so this is very much the path of least resistance. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Um. Maybe not everyone knows this.、Uh, this is within my area of research. Um.、Uh, so、mm-hmm. it is easier for me when we do stuff like that is more contemporary. And it's like, oh, electoral systems. Yes. Okay. Cool. <laughs> this is fine. 
<laughs> Especially because I have to keep up with this kind of thing to keep up with the research okay. and, you know, interview requests and stuff. Anyway. So what you're saying is that this is more for you than it is for our listeners. Than no, it's just that this is important news that I already kind of knew. Oh, okay. All right, then. So this is actually cheating and that you don't have to research anything for it. I did research. I did look into it more thoroughly. Mm-hmm. So usually I would have looked into it as I did for the podcast when I was writing a paper for it, not just reading a news piece. Stop judging me. Okay. All right. I'm, fine. I'm not judging you. I'm not judging you. I'm saying that, you know... You said you wanted a quick episode for this week. This is quick. Okay, right, fine. Okay, I'm not I'm not disputing that. I'm not disagreeing with it. I'm just saying is that one of us, one of us is working a lot harder at this than the other one is. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And I'm glad you realize it's me. Anyway, Brazil, fairly large country. We have elections every two years. And this year we have local elections. So we're voting for city councillors and mayors. Okay. Now, does that alternate between those those two years? No. Or, so does it? No. So we okay. vote for we vote every four years for the same elections. So in four years, yeah, that's what I mean. So it's, oh yeah, yeah. So it alternates. Basically, what happens is is that is that you say it's like the it's like the World Cup and the and Olympics. And then you've got yes. the the European Championship. And then you go, so you've got the World Cup, say, in 2000, and then you'll have the Euros in... Oh, yeah, sure. I'm thinking of the Euros. Thinking more the Olympics, but yes. Okay, right. Okay, we'll use we'll use the... Fine, then. We'll use the... How come I, I start a podcast with the, with the one Brazilian, the one <laughs> Brazilian who knows nothing about football at all whatsoever? <laughs> We'll do it about the Olympics then. So, so yeah. this'll be, this is, this is like, you have the Olympics in the year 2000, you'll have the world championships in the year 2002, and then you'll have the Olympics again in 2004. Yeah. Yes. And so that's how the elections work in Brazil, where you have yes. the general election one year, two years later, the local elections. Yeah. So in 2022, we're going to vote for president. And for federal deputy and for state deputy and for governor and senators, mm -hmm. which is a weird, different election we can talk about later. In another episode? or <sighs> Maybe, yeah. I'm just trying to keep this one short. This thing gets long because you keep pulling on threads. This is your fault when we have like one hour long episodes. 66 minutes long. It's your fault because you keep pulling on threads. Yeah. Are you done? Are you done shouting at me now? Boom. Do you know, do you know what you could do though? What? Right? You could stop. What you could do is maybe not like bring a ball of wool to a cattery. <laughs> I can't. I said, I said one thing and you, you keep pulling them. No, I said that's... we vote every two years, and this year is a local election year. Right, you could have just left it at that, though. I didn't mention anything about the Senate race because I don't know about it. You just uh, you just go, 
Oh, yeah. Also, as well, there's these other elections which are fucking mental, <laughs> but we're not going to need to talk about okay. them. Senators have longer terms, so... See this? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing any of this at all whatsoever. So... All the blame being laid upon me <laughs> on these shoulders. I have done nothing to instigate this at all anyway, whatsoever. Oh all I, all I did was try to come up with a comparison. Would you let me get a word in? No, I'm just, I just want to point out to our audience that I am unfairly, I am unfairly labeled as a, as a thread pulley man. And I'm not a thread pulley man. I'm a thread putty man. Okay, That's what everyone, I am. This is our last episode of Brazilians as I am about to murder Gareth <laughs> over a computer. Ah! You, have you seen that? No, never mind. Carry on. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to be painted as derailing the podcast no, again. No, now I want to know. Have I seen what? Well, there's a really cool short film called He Dies at the End, uh, which is basically a guy just sitting in front of his computer and it's amazing. But it's a really great horror movie and it's only like five minutes long and it's brilliant. Dude, good. I didn't watch it's Karate really good. Kid. You thought I watched a short film? Yeah, but it's really good. Sure, but I haven't even heard of it. You can send it to me, I'll watch it. Okay, all right then. Okay, so a few years ago, we decided that corporate donations, or as I like to call them, investment, and campaigns are not allowed anymore. So individuals... Which is a good thing, It right? is a very good thing. So individuals yeah. are allowed to donate up to a maximum amount. And that one is weird because... Unlike most countries, we define that maximum amount as a percentage of income. So other countries have a nominal, nominum, oh Jesus, nominum. Would you please help me out? Is it something like an nominum? Something <laughs> like a nominum? Is that, is that what we're trying to get? To? Nominal, nominal, nominal. There you go. Nominal. Nominal, nominal. amount as a ceiling. Okay. So in most countries you have, oh, it's $2,000. Per person, per year, that you can donate. In Brazil, you have 10% of a person's income. So if I'm really, really rich, 10% of my income is a lot of money. If I'm really poor, 10% of my income is very... It's not a lot of money, obviously. So that means mm. that there's still a disparity in what a bank president can donate and somebody who makes minimum wage can donate. Yeah, And yeah. somebody who makes minimum wage doesn't donate because they yeah, feel left yeah. out. They feel that their yeah. money doesn't make a difference. Yeah. And also as well, there's there's the massive difference of if you're earning I understand that the more money that you earn, your expenses change and so on and so forth. But financially, if you're earning two hundred thousand pounds, for example, a week, you can afford to give twenty thousand pounds a week to something. Yeah. If you're earning, say, a hundred pounds Per month, all of a sudden, £10 becomes a huge amount of money exactly. that you can't afford to spend on other things. Because you need food, and you need heating, and you need clothes. Yeah, I think medicine. your priorities also change in the sense that if you feel like it would count towards something... Oh, yeah, no, 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 absolutely. Then, okay, then donating to this political campaign is important. But when you see somebody else donating tens and thousands and millions, then mm -hmm. you're like, no, I need to keep my money for myself. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and again, also as well, the, the economic, I mean, it's, it, it's a combination of the two, I would think, is that it's a, you know, it's a, uh, that and also the economic consideration that if you don't have a lot of money, whatever money you're giving, regardless of how much it is, if you don't have a lot of money to begin with, then that becomes something that you can't afford to give up. That's exactly. the, you know. So yeah. actually, to, to just give an example of how big inequality is in Brazil, six mm-hmm. people have the same wealth as half of the Brazilian population. Blinking, Nora. Yeah. So you imagine these six people donating 10% of their income mm, yeah. to a candidate. Yeah. So in order to offset the loss of these fun- this funding, you know, no more corporate investment in campaigns, a special fund for campaign financing was created. So Brazil has a public fund to maintain parties, to maintain their everyday, you know, working. And now it has a special fund to finance campaigns. And that is divided in 48% is divided according to how many people that each party elected to the Chamber of Deputies. 35% is divided according to how many valid votes they got. It's not necessary that they elect someone. But it is necessary that they have valid votes to be counted. 15% are divided in the proportion of the number of senators that each party has. And 2% are divided equally. So that's how much money each party will get. So you have Mm -hmm. this whole pot of money. And 48% is set aside and divided in one way. 35% is set aside and divided in another way. 15% in another way. And 2% is divided equally. So that means that okay. parties will get different amounts of money. Yeah. Depending. And also that seems that seems to be heavily weighed on the idea that a bigger party will get more money yeah. while a smaller party will get less money. Yes. Mm. But that is justified in the sense that that this means more people uh, support this party. So we need to mm-hmm. fund it more. Okay. That is the justification. I'm not, you know, claiming it to be right or wrong. Okay. Also, this 2% is actually quite a lot of money, but it's also, you know, to give a bit of a leg up to new parties who that might not have anybody elected yet. Although most new parties in Brazil are born with already a few people in office because that is one of the few moments that a person can change parties without losing their seat. But the thing is, we do have a lot of parties. So overall, we have about 35 parties. And in the Chamber of Deputies, we have 18 parties. So yeah, it benefits larger parties, but it's hard to be a large party in Brazil. The idea of a party being large is, you know, relative. Most parties are actually not that large when you Mm. actually think of it in comparison to other countries. So what you're saying is is that most Brazilian parties are a bit like, say, one of my birthday parties, which are very, very small, <laughs> as compared to, say, Elton John's birthday party, which is very, very large. <laughs> no. Okay. So think of it when you look at... It's small by choice, by the way. I, it's not that I don't have any friends. It's just that, you know, I... I <laughs> 
No, think about uh, when you look at the House of Commons and you see how many. I'm just very selective about who I invite to to shindigs. That's all. That's all it is. I have friends, okay? Oh my god! You look at the House of Commons and you see how many conservative members there are, and you think, "Oh my god, that is a huge party. There's a lot of people there." That doesn't happen here. Almost all the parties are, you know, kind of liberal Democrats and SNP in in how big they are. You can't have one party that has hundreds of deputies. Mm-hmm. So it's all a lot of Gareth Davis birthday parties rather than El- than one big Elton John birthday party. Then is what you say exactly. You know? Which is why they form coalitions. So they are uh-huh. coalitions. No matter how many pianos you bring with you, or how many you know dark glasses you wear in the shape of stars. Anyway, I'm just saying he shows off an awful lot about how many people turn up to it. I just it doesn't Dude, matter. It's fine. Leave Elton John alone. I could tell you some stories about Elton John. I, oh, uh, no, oh, no, could this I? is not the Elton John story podcast. So, for the last elections, a decision was made. So, for the 2018 election, a decision was made to set aside 30% of each party's finances for women. So, Great, good. Because we have a gender quota that is useless, mm-hmm. doesn't yes. work. Yes, yes. Um, and which will be explored in a... We haven't done that one yet, have we? No, we haven't. No, so that will be explored in a future episode, I'm sure. <laughs> so the decision for the financing, the rearranging of campaign financing, all of that was done through the Chamber of Deputies and Senate and the proper channels. The decision that 30% of the funding had to go to women's campaigns was done via a judiciary measure. So somebody applied to the court, so the electoral court and then the the Supreme Court to say, hey, if we have 30% of a gender quota, then 30% of each party's money should go to women. And the courts mm-hmm. went, yeah, you're right. It totally should. So now that money has to be set aside. However, parties are sneaky. And they do some sneaky stuff with that. And one of those, th- one of those things, and I've checked this, is that they funnel that money to candidacies of governors and presidencies. And so in Brazil, for executive offices like this, you have a titular person and you have a vice candidate. So like president and vice president, governor and mm-hmm. vice governor. So yeah. what they did was put women as vice candidates. So vice governor and vice president. Oh, so that then in that case, all the money goes to the to, to these the campaigns. candidate for for the governor. Yeah. Even though the governor itself isn't is a man, a woman. Yeah, is a man. Yeah. I've actually, I I actually have checked the sneaky bastards for this, and there was an increase. And vice candidacies being women uh, after this ruling, and there are also what we call orange candidates, which is fake candidacy. So oh. parties get women to run, telling them, "Oh, we're going to." They they can do it in a d- few different ways. One of them is the sacrificial lamb, which is we will support you, and then they don't. 
So this woman is in the middle of her campaign and she realizes her party actually lied to her. There is, you have to do this for the party. So you're running, we're not going to support you, but we need you to fill the quota. So you're going to do it for the party and eventually you're going to get support. So she does it because it's her duty. And then you have the real fake ones, which is parties just putting women's names on ballots without telling them that they're doing it. <laughs> Does that actually happen? Is that yes, a thing that happens? Yes, and Bolsonaro's, really? Bolsonaro's party was actually on the hook for this, for having no way, way too many uh, fake women candidacies, which funneled that 30% and then sent it to other candidates. But where did they get the names from? Did they just grab a local phone book and just go, you know, yeah, Sarah Connor? Sometimes they used, uh, they used the name of dead people. They used the name of uh, women who are affiliated with the party, but they never asked them if they could add their names in the roster. So one thing that you have to understand about the Brazilian system is that we have a lot of candidates. It's a lot of candidates for each seat. So people aren't really, most people don't get a lot of votes. There are a lot of people who just get 100 votes and all of those votes are real. It's people really wanting to vote for the person. So somebody who got a thousand votes and she really worked really hard for those votes. And you can't tell that apart from somebody who got a hundred fake votes, votes that she didn't really campaign for. And somebody who got three votes and is just somebody who gave up in the middle of the campaign. But isn't there, isn't there like a registration process you have to go through? Because I'm curious as to how, how dead people get onto the ballot. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's, they just get the there... name and add it. Because you need a name, you need... Right. Uh, yeah, but isn't there any checks and balances that they go through to go, so you know, okay, so this is my candidate, this is my candidate, this is Sue, uh, <laughs> great, great, your love for, just don't ask her to make any public appearances <laughs> whatsoever. So, you have a very British mindset because you vote in a majoritarian election. So you have a district and you have one seat, one seat to fill and you have about eight, nine parties and they all get one candidate. So you have nine candidates to choose from. As a comparison, for just for my state assembly of Minas Gerais, there are 77 seats to fill. They all count for the entire state and we have about a thousand candidates. To choose from. Okay. I understand that. What I'm saying is, though, at some point, those candidates have to actually apply and will actually no, need to sign a form. No, they don't have to go in person, form. no. It's well, then how do you... This is bullshit. Then how can you possibly, possibly administer an election if you're not having somebody who is at least signing a form and then have somebody being witness signing that form? Do you know? That could be a solution. That could be a good But that's solution. how it should be. That's an obvious thing that should happen legally so that you have a paper trail record and an actual signature on it saying, yes, I declare my candidacy for this. Yes, I agree. Instead, instead, your entire country is being bloody administered okay. by zombies at this I, point. I do have to say that Just... this is the exception. Yeah. This is the exception. Zombies. Doesn't happen oh. that often. But it is very hard to keep track of who is a fake candidate and who isn't from the living ones. 
The dead ones are are an exception. It, it hardly ever happens. It was just an example. Oh. So the biggest problem here, and it would be solved by your solution, it's the women who are being signed up without their consent and without their knowledge. Hmm. That is really hmm. problematic. Especially if they're zombies. Yes. I, I would agree that the zombie uh, population in Brazil is very small. So to just claim that they need representation is complicated at best. Out of curiosity, what would be the campaign that these zombies would run under? Well, so one of my favorite books, one of my favorite Brazilian books does have zombies in a very mm -hmm. surprising way. So would it be Vote Zombie 2020 for a flash start? Get it? Oh Get it? my god. It's a, it's, a, it's a flash start. How long were you cooking that up? Well, since we started talking about it, honestly, I've got a notepad here that I've just been furiously scribbling on. <laughs> I think we need to we need to start having merch, man. Merch? Okay. Yes. Right, Can you imagine fine. the stickers? Vote zombie for a flash start with our logo. That's perfect. I love that. Halloween. Halloween's are coming. That is true. Yeah. Oh my god! We I'm can, so excited. We're gonna make so much money. I'm so uh, excited in about this. Sticker sales. <laughs> anyway, so there is this thirty percent that is supposed to go to women. So because the money was created, this sort of re re amount of money was created, they decided to okay, so we're going to kind of invent these candidacies and funnel money through them because one rule that we have is that a candidate can take funding from their campaign to another candidate. So when I was writing a paper on this, one thing that I saw in data in the databases was that the money came from a different campaign. So the origin of the money was a different campaign because a candidate got so much money that they were able to do donate that money to a, a campaign that wasn't getting that much money. Mm -hmm. So what was happening was these fake women campaigns were donating to other candidacies, which was not the intended spirit of the ruling. So now, this year, what happened was one deputy called Benedita da Silva, which I might add is the only living governor of Rio de Janeiro who has not uh, been arrested. Wait, what? Yeah. Benedita da Silva is the only living governor of Rio de Janeiro who has not been arrested. Jesus Christ. Okay. Yeah. All right, fine. How many, of, how many living governors are there of... Uh... I'm not sure, but I did see a picture of her with Leonel Brizola, who is an awesome mm. politician, and I do want to do an episode of him one day about him. Mm -hmm. I've mentioned this before. And there's a picture of the two of them. It was like the only... Governors of Rio de Janeiro have not been. I think it was impeached. Okay. Impeached or arrested? I, I guess they meant after 1988, which is when we became a democracy again. Mm -hmm. But essentially, she is uh, a black woman. She rose up the ranks in her party and in life. She came from nothing and grew. And she's amazing. I've interviewed her. She's incredible to talk to. She's incredible to be around. And one thing that she did 
she has a, a legislation proposal. She has a bill to create racial quotas for candidates in Brazil. And in that, she also creates financing rules to reserve money for black people who are candidates. But instead of waiting for that to go through, you know, the, the channels of legislation, which are, you know, very polarized right now and they take their time and we can explain the process of how a bill becomes a law in Brazil and it eventually ends up in Bolsonaro's desk. So, you know, she also applied to the electoral court and she said it is unconstitutional to have money set aside for women only. It should also be set aside for black women and black men because there is a high enough number of black men candidates, but they don't win. And, and black women simply just, they just don't win. For uh, the longest mm. time, Benedita da Silva was the only black woman in the Chamber of Deputies. Mm. Only recently she became like one out of three. So, and this is getting off slightly on a tangent, but statistically <laughs> speaking, the proportion of black men that get elected compared to white men that get elected. If you were working on the same number of candidates, what would that look like? Well, I, I haven't checked for that exactly, but the proportion of black people in Brazil, people who declare themselves to be either black or brown, mm -hmm. is more than 50%. The proportion yeah. of self-declared black and brown people in the Chamber of Deputies is 20%. Mm. Out of that, you have three or four women. Yeah. So obviously those are significantly lower numbers than they should be if they were a fair representation of the population itself. Exactly. What mm. we argue, what people who study this and argue for gender quotas and racial quotas is that these aren't, you know, there are many... It's interesting. There is a, a, a constitutional amendment in the Senate right now that demands that a woman be in the board of directors of the chamber of deputies at all times. Okay. Yeah. So essentially it is a quota. It is a reserved seat type of quota. And because of how there is a gendered division of labor inside the chamber of deputies, when that constitutional amendment was being discussed in the constitution committee, only men discussed it. When it was in its special committee, only women discussed it. So I got to analyze the two types of discourse surrounding it. And men saw it as a necessary evil and, you know, something that they could give to the ladies. Yeah. And these were the ones who were in support. The ones who were against it were like, well, then I'm just going to have my sex change tomorrow so I can have an advantage. So that was something somebody literally said. The women, on the other hand, had a completely different rhetoric. And as a political scientist, I argue that gender quotas and racial quotas, they are not necessary evils or shortcuts or ways to improve or something like that. I argue that they are the step that we take in transforming our electoral system. They are part of the process. Mm -hmm. as proportional representation was a part of the process of including working-class men. Yeah, yeah. But that is also then provided that it's done... That it works. ...administered correctly yes. and fairly, then, in that case. So, yeah. again, going back to a little bit about the um, 
uh, women candidacy issue earlier on. The the idea is is that the law itself for quotas and so on, it's not for it's not so that women will be listed as vice candidates so that the all the money go all the funding goes to yeah. you know, the can the male candidate of your choice. The idea behind it is that it, it goes to a, a women, an actual bona fide woman candidate. The issue is that that's not what's happening. Yeah, and really. the spirit of the law, it explicitly says that because there is a gender quota and the gender quota applies to legislative office, it's so clear that the 30% should go to women who are candidates for legislative office, not mm-hmm. any one candidate to executive office. Because those people get way more support from their parties because there's only one person running in each party or coalition. But in legislative office, you have thousands of candidates. So each party has dozens or hundreds of people running for a seat. So the idea of the law is there are 30% of women that are supposed to be running. So 30% of the money goes to them, period. That, that it's just yeah. so simple and they still manage to manipulate it and distort it. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And, it, yeah. and the quota in Brazil was created to not work. And if I do explain this right now, the podcast is going to be much longer. No, I know. I mean, so what you're saying is, is that we, you, you are going to explain that, but, <laughs> but, but when are you going to explain that? Then in that case, would that be in a, at a different time? Okay. Okay, in a in a in a later episode, then probably. So what Benedita da Silva did was she applied to the electoral court, and she said, "Well, because the constitution demands that people be treated equally with equity, that thirty percent that goes to women should be an even split between white women and black women." Now I don't know if that was... I haven't read the entire request that she made. Uh, I was about to do that, but then we started recording. There aren't that many indigenous candidates. Most indigenous candidates in Brazil are at the local level and in states where they are, you know, a larger part of the population. I do feel like they should be included in this, in the wording of it specifically. You know, Mm. 50% goes to you know, white women and 50% goes to non-white women, something like that, or there is a different division of it, you know, that is more percentage-wise to how much of the population is indigenous. If there are indigenous people, this percentage goes to them. Anyway, but the distribution is going to be as such. The 30% that goes to women is 50% for white women, 50% for black women. And then there is an additional 30% minimum that will go for black men. I have a question. Yeah? Okay. So if, say, for argument's sake, the the funding for this is 50% white women and then... Oh, actually, no. Say, for argument's sake, the, the issue would be 70% for white women and 30% for black women, which I know it isn't, but just to say, for argument's sake, that it is there. Yeah. And you said previous podcasts, the... Your you your racial status within Brazil is dependent on how you self identify, is that right? Yeah. Okay. So if there were and I know I'm not saying there isn't, but if there was an imbalance in that in that budget, would there be potentially then the possibility that you would have people self identifying as a different white or a different kind of thing? 
just so they were likely to get more of the funding than they or some they would like yeah, to get they I, were I more likely to get funding than than they would than they would normally so is that a potential issue or is it not we have racial quotas for federal universities and while there mm-hmm. are some anecdotal problems of people self declaring as a different skin color so they could mm-hmm. have access to a spot in university that should not go to them to them mm-hmm. they were always caught they have been caught they mm. have been dealt with okay most have been used correctly and for my university for my former university specifically they tend to do better than the students who come in through the normal spots Mm-hmm. So I actually I stayed at my university. I did my bachelor's, my master's and my PhD at the same university and I got to see the quotas being implemented. So I got to see the difference in being there in 2005 and being there in 2015 and 16 and 19. And it's just com- a complete change, a complete change that the quotas did to that campus. Mm-hmm. And it's so worth it. It's so worth it to try. So, considering how few women candidates we have, how few women candidates are, you know, de facto candidates that actually campaign, how few of them are black, and how even few get elected, I am not concerned that there's going to be a huge amount of white women trying to get the money from black women. Because mm-hmm. even the white Good. women is not that many. And yeah. that 30% is not going to be enough to, for them to win a candidacy. They still need other forms of funding. Just mm-hmm. that money is okay. not sufficient. Yeah. And then there is an additional 30%. So you have that 30% that goes to women only and will be divided equally among white women and black women. And then you have an mm-hmm. additional 30% for black men, for black male candidates. So... Another aspect of the public funding for campaigning is advertising time. Advertising time is free for parties. Essentially, okay. the government allows TV stations to deduct that time from their taxes. And so two hours a day, every day, you have during lunchtime and during dinner time, what essentially are lunchtime and dinner time in Brazil, one hour of electoral advertising. So you have politicians and parties doing their ads so you can vote for them. And they don't pay for that TV time. They pay for their own, you know, props and graphic design and whatever, but they don't pay for the TV time. Anyway, so this rule creates... There's already uh, a rule that states that there should be an allotted time for women, for women candidates. And now there should be a proportional distribution of time during this electoral time for black candidates. That's good. That's a good thing. That is a very good thing. So they've done this. They, she went to the electoral court. The electoral court said, yeah, you're right. It's unconstitutional to benefit women and not benefit black people. However, because we're already very close to the electoral campaign, which starts in a couple of days. Well, at the time, it was going to start in about a month, but now it's going to start in a couple of days. We are going to set these rules for next election. 
So these are going to be for 2022. And in their minds, it would allow for laws to be passed and, you know, this to be set in stone. Because when the judiciary legislates, they're essentially creating a rule where there is a vacuum from the legislative or the executive. And then the legislative or the executive can come in and just take that aside. Okay, judiciary doesn't count anymore um, because we've done it and we speak for the people. So that is, for, for instance, very scary for LGBTQ people because most of the legislation that benefits them comes from the judiciary avenue. So it's something very scary to them that the Chamber of Deputies can undo something. For instance, equal marriage. Equal marriage in Brazil has come via the, the judiciary and it can be taken away by the Chamber of Deputies if they choose to. So they can just propose a law and pass it, especially if they want to take advantage of Bolsonaro being president, banning equal marriage. Mm, yeah. So what Benedita da Silva decided to do was apply to the Supreme Court to say, no, this is too important to wait until 2022. So essentially, we are denying people their constitutional right for another two years, for another election. And the Supreme Court agreed with her. So these, these rules are now going to be enforced for 2020. Cool. Isn't that a bit late, though, for the 2020 election, or is it? They said, fuck it, and figure okay. it out, bitches. Okay, good for them. <laughs> yeah. Good for them. <laughs> That's usually how judiciary ruling, you know, goes. Fuck it, figure <laughs> it out. I don't give a fuck. If it's the size of a fucking horse, Put a fucking saddle on it, and I walked out. <laughs> because it didn't create quotas, because that they decided that it wasn't up to them to create, so it has to be mm -hmm. legislated. Mm -hmm. It just means shuffling money around, and okay. campaigning hasn't started. It'll start on the 15th or 16th, which I really need to figure out because there's work to be done by me uh, okay. because of this. You're going to be in demand, aren't you? A, a friend and I want to write a paper, and that means I need to look at some candidates in the Northeast because it's a paper that we want to write, and I we need to just, you know, decide which ones we're going to study. <laughs> and I okay. haven't looked at it yet. Mm -hmm. and, and, and let's not forget that you recently were did a round of media with like radio, newspapers, so on? Yeah, I did a short interview. And that tends to happen with political scientists. We become in demand during election season. We're going to plug it right now. That's what we're going to do. I, I did tweet it, you know, for uh -huh. Portuguese speakers. They could read it. Okay, so for, so for Portuguese speakers, are we going to tweet a link on the... Brazil nuts. We can. Twitter as well. It was. There we go. Well, we will then, in that case. We That's can. That's what we'll do. It was on the car wash operation and how it might affect the campaign oh, this year. Oh, at the car wash, yeah. Anyone who follows Brazilian politics has heard about the car wash. But the car wash, yeah. Yeah, it's a great record. That's why. No. It's, you know, no. it's. No. Oh. I mean, the, the federal police operation car wash it, it is you know something that we all want to know who names 
the Brazilian Federal Police's operations because they're all so amazingly named. There's a there's a there's a police operation called Car Wash. Yeah, it's one of the biggest. Uh, that's the one that arrested Lula. That's the one that imprisoned Lula. Got Bolsonaro elected. Got Sergio Moro as a minister from a low level okay. judge to minister of justice. Lava Jato is huge. Broco de Breche, huge. Okay, all right then. So there's Operation Wolverine. Wolverine. There's Operation Hashtag. Operation Hashtag what, though? You can't no, just call it Operation Hashtag. hashtag. It was Operation you can't call hashtag. it Operation Hashtag. No, I'm sorry, because most people will look at that and go, I do not understand what Operation Telephone Number means. <laughs> so they have the insane... There's Eagle. Operation Eagle. Yeah. Operation Eagle sounds like a computer game that came out in the mid-80s in which you had to... <laughs> Like, shoot some Russians or something. So you have the Operation Leeches, which was about ambulances. The commies thought they could come over here, change our way of life, but they weren't counting on Jack <laughs> McTuff. <laughs> Operation Sphinx. So there's a link on Wikipedia with just operation names right. for federal police operations in Brazil. Because the, the, the names are usually about something regarding the operation. There's Pandora's the f- box. Dude, 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 dude. What the fuck was Operation Car Wash about to do with? Uh, let me check. No. No, I won't let you check. Please let me check. No. The name of the operation is due to a chain of gas stations. No. Yes, the use of one gas station to that was used to move money around, illegal money around. Right, so that's not... In the not, first that's phase really not, of the operation. That's really not about anything, though, is it? You know, you go, oh, well, we're calling this Operation Burrito because we believe one of the suspects once ate a burrito. <laughs> I'm trying to find why the Operation Grasshoppers were called... Operation Grasshoppers, but I can't see it. Anyway, they always have something tangent related to the operation. So there is a bill in place to eventually get quotas and get this financing in law. And Mm -hmm. yeah, that's what she's trying to do to sort of enshrine this in legislation. I would have liked to see more to protect indigenous people and their candidacies. We just had our first indigenous woman elected to the Chamber of Deputies. So, you know, it's 2020. And so it's just in 2018 that the first indigenous woman was elected to the Chamber of Deputies of Brazil. Yeah. So I would have liked to see, I would like to see more to protect those candidacies and get them, get them at the same financial level as the others. Mm-hmm. But yeah, do you have any other questions? I don't think so. No, I think we've I think we've pretty much covered it. Cool. Working at the car wash. At the car wash. We've been ended up singing like most of the like the past three episodes. We end up singing something. I know. Well, but it's because we're very musical people. That's why. We are. Honestly, you know. Some would say I am too musical. So that is our episode. Thank you all for listening Mm -hmm. for another week. 
Yes, indeed. Yeah, thanks everyone for listening and supporting us. The only thing left to say after all this is remember to like and subscribe and share, obviously. Um, you can find us where we at, yo. At Brazil Nuts Pod. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We love you all. We do, very much so. And we'll talk to you next week. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. And that's it, really. <laughs> Take care of yourselves and each other. Bye-bye. God bless. Bye. Bye. All right, I'm back, bitches. Can you hear me? I can't hear you. Hang on. Brazil Nuts is an effort by Larissa Peixoto and Garrett Davis. We'd like to thank Vosta Zelinski for our graphic design. We'd also like to thank the essential workers for keeping us safe. And you, our listeners, we love you deeply and purely, like the love that Steven Siegel has for justice and for punching dudes in the face. Don't agree with his hairstyle choices. Probably, I don't watch a lot of Steven Seagal movies. I don't really know what happens in them. Okay, bye. And seriously, we cannot do another episode about our differences in pronunciation because it's been a week that we've been discussing our accents, and linguistic deafness, and I cannot take this anymore. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, especially because you were wrong, so, you know, you were as wrong. proven. I, you're wrong, in your wrongness. Now, see, now, here's the thing, right? The, the, the reality is, is that we were both wrong, which I'm fine with. No, we were as not. As long as I'm taking you down with me, I don't really care. The problem is, is that you still refuse... You still refuse to acknowledge that you were just as wrong as I was. I am not wrong. You roll the R. That's it. No, no, you're wrong. But my sister can hear it, and she also has an English major. You're wrong. She's an English teacher, for God's sake. You're wrong. Anyway, I I'm not getting into this again. We're going to lose listeners. Yeah, yeah, we are because because you just this is not a linguistic podcast. Stubbornly, you refuse to acknowledge your shortcomings, and that's fine. That's okay. But I just want to point out that that's where we are. Oh, you bitch.